busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Getting ready to have a super-duper unveiled moment with you. super de do. I need you to listen. I need you to look left to right. Okay? No, seriously, look left to right. Make sure nobody's listening. Because sometimes we be having conversations and you just are not cognizant of who's in your background. And sometimes I'll be like, you going to let everybody in our business? Because these conversations are special. Okay, because I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Listen, I have reached a maturity peak that is almost shocking yet intriguing. Now, flow with me. I'm going to take you on a little journey, okay? So if you were anything like me when you were younger, you had a huge family, okay? Your grandma truly understood the Abrahamic <laughs> anointing. She said, oh, what you said, Lord? You said multiplying what? Bet. <laughs> Watch if I don't be obedient. She was obedient, obedient. You hear me? Like, <laughs> it's giving very much, you know, obedience. And if you didn't have a big family, then you had a lot of friends like me. Yeah, well, your homegirls and your homeboys, like, it was a thing. You know, we all go through our stages where friends mean the world and we want everybody to like, or you were semi-popular or popular in school. But whatever it is, you had a lot of people around you. Like, it was a thing, right? And one of the litmus tests to growth is that your external environment seem to kind of look like they're getting reduced, it's like, hmm, are we downsizing? Like, what's going on? Where you used to can go to the clubs all the time and all the loud music was cool. Something in you was giving very much, I need to be by myself this weekend. I think I'm going to skip a weekend on that. Where people wanted to talk on the phone all the time. You were like, hmm, I don't think I want to do that. Uh, whatever used to be your constant where people were withdrawing from you, you now see that it is opposite where you are withdrawing from people. And while you didn't, you know, it's not that you become this isolated turtle, right? It's just that certain things you were like, "Mm," as you matured, certain things chiseled off of you. Like, why don't you hang at all the family gatherings anymore? How come you not at everybody's house for Thanksgiving trying to get plates and just plate hop? Why aren't you trying to be in everybody's selfie on everybody's vacation on it like why why is that not important anymore and I think a part of it is a uh we started realizing how costly all that is b who got the energy to be moving around like that like how many naps per event do you need to take but I think more so just speaking for myself now I have learned to qualify a life well lived and it didn't have anything to do with quantity And I'll tell you real talk where this actually came from. I noticed that I'm, I like bags. It went from, it had to be super expensive. Then, you know, went through the big bag where you had to, you know, around your wrist. It was hurting on your forearm. But guess what? It was very much given big bag. Like, don't know why that's a thing, but okay. And then a couple of years ago, I was like, I'm tired of my arm hurting. I think I need a backpack. 
So I did the mini backpack, and the mini backpack was cool. I was like, all right, well, maybe I need something a little bit bigger. And I got the bigger backpack, and the bigger backpack just felt like the bigger bag that was on the forearm just now putting pressure on my back. And then I will find the pretty ones. I will find the light. And finally, I got to the point that I was like, literally over the weekend, I said, I'm getting ready to reduce to a fanny pack. I'm going to buy me something nice, something cute, but it's going to be fanny. It's going to be a pack. That's how small and minute. I need this next bag to be so small that I don't even know that it's on me. And I want one, and then that's just it. That's my bag. Have a nice day until the next fanny pack, however I feel, right? So I'm like, okay. Now, the thing about me is that I'm, I'm a frugal grandbaby, so it got to be within the circle because I, I change bags so much that it would behoove me to get ones that are cost-effective. Like, we find in sales up in this. Like, that's the, we need the sale anointing. That's what's happening. And then slowly but surely, I realized, I said, do you realize that the same thing that you're doing on the external is the same thing that is happening internally? Meaning, at one point, you like the expense. At one point, you like the big, the bright, the, you know, the glitter and the glam. And you slowly started to downsize on some of the things that's external in your life. But it almost is like it's a mirrored reaction to what's happening internally. And I was like, ooh, self, tell me more. I said, okay, real quick. The, I was looking at houses in you know, new house tours on YouTube and different people celebrating their walkthroughs or looking at certain things on IG. And, you know, you can't believe everything on IG, but this one particular person had like two lots together and this, that, and the third. And so I've reached a peak in my faith that I said, I want to dream as big as I could possibly dream, but I want it to be true to me. Like I... I don't want yacht dreams if I know low-key I can't swim and that's going to be terrifying. That's not a blessing for me. Yeah, there's nothing about that makes it. It is not my goal to, ooh, and if I could just live by the beach. and mm, No, I like the beach, but I can kind of say I don't really, that's not a the beachfront kind of house. That's just not it. So I have really pushed myself to what will be your abundant oh my goodness fulfillment that God can go ahead and give that would just blow your mind and when I was dreaming bigger I noticed that it didn't look huge right it wasn't the seven acre house like I literally remember I I shared one of the homes with my husband and he was like can I say something I said yeah he was like that doesn't appeal to me I was like, oh, that's why we married. Like, real talk, sidebar, let me just say this. You have no idea how difficult it is to try to navigate through life with someone who has dreams so polar opposite from you that it feels like you are trying to drag them or they are trying to drag you, and it just feels like a pun a life punishment opposed to a life partnership. And that's a word. It is the most irritating thing you could ever do in your life to coexist in something that has divisive visions. That's why it's a division because it's a divide and we're supposed to be a unified vision. That's why it's difficult for you to work in places and entities and companies that have adverse morals than you. 
they look at it like I want to be able to text you on your Sunday and talk to you about work stuff and you looking like no Sunday is my day off like you're bugging I'm not I'm not doing it like that doesn't make any sense to me y'all want me to flip the numbers and do what and edit and just act like and I don't see that you're doing something that is immoral it may not be illegal but this is definitely immoral I can't do it it is difficult hear me say in any part of your life for you to go ahead and team up with anyone any entity any e or the above that has adverse goals and admirations than you now, don't hear me say that if somebody's dreaming a little bigger than you, then it's the issue. No, it is something where I'll give you an example. I had a friend tell me one time that her mother sold her home, got remarried, and she's currently a tenant in somebody else's home in a basement in New York. Basement apartments in New York is not giving. Okay, I need you to think very ick, and then that's New York. And so she said that when she finally got old enough, she asked her mother after she got her first home, she was like, did you ever, did you ever want to be a homeowner again? And her mother's response was, please be more mindful in who you select to marry when you get older. Her mother wanted to be a homeowner. Her husband, her mother's husband did not. And so instead of there being some form of compromise, y'all just decided to rent out someone else's home? Mm-mm. Bro, if you were like, listen, I don't want anything to do with landscaping. Cool, get a townhome. What's up? You could have got a duplex, a multiplex, and, and rented out the other half, and so it's flipped. So now y'all, that's y'all home, but y'all renting it to somebody else. So if you want that apartment filled, it's okay. You can still hear the neighbors come up and down the stairs like, what's up? You mm, okay? I wanted a whole rabbit trail there, but I feel like that that was supposed to be because I felt a little sting behind me actually saying that. Getting something extraordinary in and of itself is not anything bad. It's when you start to lose connection on your why. When I was younger, I wanted a huge house because I was a little girl that wanted all my family in the home. I'm talking grandmother, granddaddy. I wanted everybody. I was just, I felt like I wanted to get together that you never had to leave each other. I wanted everybody to just be like, hey, come to the living room at 8 o'clock. We're going to have this, and then y'all can go to y'all quarters. Like, in my head, I was like, I want the east wing, and then they can have the west wing. Like, it was a huge thing. I have no idea where I even remotely got that idea but I kept saying when I get older I'm going to get a big enough house so that everyone can get in and I think maybe because I saw people struggling and I didn't want to see them struggle anymore and I think it may have more to do with the fact that I just really loved my family like I was super family oriented with my peoples in New York and when it was time to go home it was a sadness there and I was like how can I never ever feel this again bet I'm about to buy something everybody can go ahead and live in however I realized that the older that I get the more that I want my alone time. I have navigated to a place in life where my alone time is my favorite time. Not because I don't love anyone, because I'm seeing that that's my, it's my most lucrative time frame. It's where I speak to God. It's where God pours back into me. It's where God gives me God ideas instead of good ideas that I can do on my own. It's where God gives me clarity on what to do and what not to do. It's where wherever my fears were, I can cast it. It's literally 
my most lucrative time frame. And so I find myself trying to find more pockets of that because just a little pocket here and there is cool. But I got to the point that I don't want to just walk with God. I want to live with him. And so however that can look, however I can fashion that to be authentically true, not a Bible thumper, not anything that looks like, oh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and tell people I spent four hours with the Lord. I'm not doing any of any of that. I'm just making room in my life where I can reflect, pull back and see, oh yeah, God is there. It's like decorating the whole entire room and then you forget, oh my gosh, we didn't even get a bed frame. <laughs> yeah, the most important part of the room is the bed. Like what you doing? I don't want to decorate my life and not see that God is in the center of it. It's just really that simple. And so today when I came up with the fanny pack idea and I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to downside. I was like, I find that I'm doing that in a lot of areas of my life. Some voluntarily, others not so much. It has been a scale down on who I speak to, a scale down from who I commune with. I've actually had someone ask me, like, did you get my tech messages? And I was like, mm-hmm. But I'm no longer in a space or a place where I want to continuously train people that I am not just going to join your tornado. If you want me to join the tornado, be very, very clear that I'm going to bring a car. Yeah, there is no, oh, always winds and waves over here. Mm -mm, When I come on this particular boat, I'm bringing peace be still. So if you're not ready for that, then I'll just stay over here. Like I've arrived to that point in my life. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, the fanny pack, the reducing, like I literally could pull out bags right now, which I'm getting ready to start giving away because, again, holding on to what? Holding on to things for what? And that that was the real nugget for me. It was reducing from these huge bags, reducing down, 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 down to almost I just want to hold my wallet shows that I'm packing myself differently. That everything that I used to hold on to, the you never knows and blah, blah, blah. It's like you really got to stop yourself sometime. Like, so why do you have every single thing you could possibly ever, like any situation? You got bubble gum, you got lotion, you got this, that, and the third. You got, um, and it's like some of the stuff, it's like, okay, that's cool. But you're not going to need that every single time. And if so, you, you there's like a Dollar General somewhere. Like, I, I mean, is it an emergency? I can't like, or can we find a reduced travel size of something that you're doing? Can we not make it that you have to pack a, a diaper bag for yourself because that's what it's getting to this point like you gonna be 96 walking around with a diaper bag just in case you need an extra shoelace like I don't, for what like that don't make no sense to me and so when I looked at it I said I realized that externally I was packing wrong I was trying to prepare for every case scenario and I didn't realize the weight that that was causing my physical body Then my physical body was so weighed down that sometimes I would get a headache because the pressure that was on my shoulders and my neck, it was too much from from what I was packing and carrying around. Then I realized, oh, my goodness, you know what? Let me do something else smaller. But then all I did was transfer that weight from my back to my forearm. So now my arms are hurting. Then it's like, you know what? I'm going to just leave my bag at home. And then now I go to reach from my bag because I need something in it. And it's like, okay, so now I completely obliterated the fact that what I need is no longer here. So that's still packing wrong. 
But when I was really honest with myself and I reflected, I said, how you packed externally wasn't no different than how you were packing internally. There was once a time that you had your phone so jam-packed, your phone was like a hotline. But what you didn't realize is that everybody was pulling from you, pulling from you, pulling from you. And then once you finally started seeing, like, you know what, let me see the litmus test. Let me see that if I stop giving my hand out, if I stop letting people borrow, if I stop being the ear that everybody can just dump on, like if I wanted to really make sure that I had quality conversations, how much would my phone ring? Zero zing zing got no higher. You're very little. You can probably go ahead and call the cell phone service and say, I could take the next package down because there's no need for it now. When you start realizing that you no longer want to be the, the socket, you'll realize how many plugs don't want to be near you. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people don't under, you don't understand. You make it easy to be a resource sometimes. And you were not made to be anyone's resource. Even babies get weaned after a certain amount of time. If not, then it causes some form of neglect to the teeth and the body system and all the other different things. If you do not say, okay, it's time for you to eventually get off the breast. Okay, it's time for you to eventually uh, not be someone's socket. It's time for you to eventually not be someone's resource. See, litmus test real quick. Let's see if you don't call them first, who calls who? Let's see if the conversation doesn't start off or pretty much elude to, hey, do you want to go? Where you have to spend money. Let's see if that that will be. Like, do you really have quality people in your life or do you have people who call on you because they want company? Male, female, whomever. It's just time to really understand how you've packed your friendships. And the litmus test is your phone. It really is. Do a litmus test on how you packed yourself at the workplace. Are you the person that every time that there's a problem, you are so efficient so they know to go ahead and go to you? So efficiency actually equates to burnout because uh, you know what? Such and such is not doing it, but if I give it to you, then you're going to do it the right way. And so now you almost to the point that you're like, bro, if they give me another task, I think I'm going to go ahead and head out, SpongeBob mean the situation. Or is it the reverse? You're the person that is not reliable. People can't go ahead and make sure that something is done. So you are a burden to the business. And what you don't realize is that people are looking at you like you getting a courtesy check. Yeah, if you don't bring value to a place, that's a courtesy check. You get in a charity situation at this moment. And why would you even be okay with waking up any part of your time devoting any part of your day going somewhere where you already decided I'm not going to give my all then why are you there man I'm just here for no 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 like like seriously you are occupying somebody else's blessing move to the side do something else go where the others like you are at if you can truly look at yourself and say honestly if I was the CEO would you hire yourself that is the litmus test to what kind of worker are you would you trust the worker that you are and, and as a CEO, go on vacation for three weeks and leave your phone behind? Or would you feel like, nah? Yeah, if you feel like that, then you need to realize that you are not, uh, you are not quality. And I hate to say it like that because I know that people are people's grandbabies. But at this point in your life, at this juncture in your life, if you're not going to do it with quality, don't do it at all. 
Mm-mm. If you're going to show up at somebody's house with an attitude because they just invited you, so you're going to show face, don't, don't show up at all. If you are in a relationship and you you truly are just banking on potential actually manifesting itself and coming into fruition and, and becoming a part of your relationship, how much longer are you going to give potential a purpose? You, you truly are playing your entire hand on potential. That's like pl- paying your bills on what you could potentially make in the future. Hmm? Oh, you're going to see that. that that's going to have a real negative turnaround. You sure you want to do that? Oh, okay. That's like uh, quali- telling your job or applying to jobs with uh you know circumstantial accolades and credentials that you could potentially get like you can study for it and you can get it you just don't have it right now that's how you want to invest in your relationships your personal relationships that's how you want to go ahead and, and and carry yourself around in this thing called life and you get this one thing called once in a lifetime opportunity you sure like this is not the Mario Brothers situation where you can get two, three players, and if you get the extra mushroom and the star, like it, you don't get another one. You do realize that, right? So it would behoove you to do a self-assessment on how am I packing myself? It, it, is it is it too much? You want to know another litmus test to like you may be overly packed. How does your closet look? When's the last time that you've done a true like? Okay, let me just go through my clothes and see. Do I have a cl- a mixture, things I don't like, things I don't feel good in, things that, ah, uh, you know, when I lose weight, when I gain weight, when I, da, da, da. like, it's just not fitting you now, and you kind of, like, just have stuff on tags and stuff there, and stuff that's not your style no more, and this, that, and the third. When's the last time that you've gone through your closet and ensured that what you wear, how you pack and carry yourself is a true reflection of how you see and feel about yourself? Are you styling yourself the way that you see yourself? Do you feel confident when you put that on? Do you still have bell bottoms? Oh, because they're going to come back around in style. You just wait and see. Oh, you one of those? So you're going to do the whole um, party in the front, business in the back? You still wear blue eyeshadow, don't you? I mean, like, how far is that going to go? You don't think that that spills over to your personal relationships? You don't think people see that you don't carry yourself the way that you are requiring for other people to treat you? You have fragile plastered all over you, but you lay your cup of life of yourself anywhere. No, if it's fragile, you watch where you place you. If it's delicate, then you watch what you allow to get poured into you. If it's fine China situation, then you don't you don't allow just anyone to selectively be able to manage you in relationships and businesses, period. The end point blank. That's that on that. And so when I was thinking about this, you know, I'm always going to make sure that I bring something back to the Bible. I, I was actually low key. Can I admit uh, kind of like. Okay, Paul, like I was inspired, to say the least, by what Paul was saying in Philippians 4. And I don't think this part of the Bible gets that much play because a couple of verses ahead, that's when he's talking about don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. I know Paul dropped the hot 16 a couple of verses before. But if you scroll down to the underneath, you're like, you know what, Paul? 
I ain't gonna hold you. This whole Philippians four is platinum, and I I don't know if you got your proper due, sir. Like yeah, it was you did it gave what it was supposed to give, and I ain't gonna hold you. I'm very proud. So Philippians four, I'm gonna start at uh, verse ten. You know, I read in the NLT version, and this is where he's actually talking to the church and letting them know that you know, listen, I. I've been through a lot. I'm going through a lot, but I don't want, I want you to hold your head, you know, in, in the modern terms. So I'm going to just start from 10. So let me just see real quick. Okay, so 10. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. 11. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. 12. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. 13, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Pause. You know, that last one, everybody's, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Every every grandbaby, I, I know. But what got my attention was 11 and 12. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. 12. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little. Sir, can I ask you something? Paul, sir, you got a minute? Okay. How? Did you learn to pack yourself so efficiently? How did you learn the art of being content with whatever you have? You know what a lot of people do? They change purses, but what you realize is you just took all the contents from one purse and put it in the other purse, even if it was different sizes. You go ahead and you move, and even if it's a different sizes than that, you find a way to jam-pack all the things that you want in less square footage. So now what would have been a spacious, just enough situation, you have hoarded it and made it where it's already feeling like it's a little compact. You get in relationships, and you have all this bigness, and you, your personality is over the top, and this, that, and you have not given the person on the other side of the table that wants to get to know you a chance to go ahead and put their imprint in the relationship as well because you just are bulldozing with your behaviors, or you became wallflower, and you're not even there in a relationship. You're just like a, a, agreeable Adam, right? It's like, what are you doing? At, what are you adding to the situation at this? point and I love the fact that Paul was able to say I know exactly how to pack me Mm -hmm. I have mastered learning packing from the inside out and I have also mastered unpacking from the inside out whatever the situation calls for I know how to adjust whatever the situation calls for I know how to add and I know how to find in any circumstance contentment it's unsimilar to all the people who have a thousand things in, in their closet and still feel like I need to go shopping similar to someone who goes grocery shopping and has a full refrigerator of food and wants to order pizza 
similar to those who get a raise and then you make big girl and big boy decisions and then you realize I need more money. Why have you not learned to pack yourself according to what is currently being served on the plate of your life? Why is the plate never big enough? Why is the contents of the plate never fulfilling enough? Why does it always feel like no matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter who you with, you always find a little bit of something to feel like it's not enough. And I think that I came to the realization of that today when I had my walk with God. I may be a little unveiled. I think the last couple of days has been the most fulfilling I have ever felt in a very long time. And I said this prayer, and I don't even want to be selfish enough to keep it to myself. What I said was, God, thank you so much for showing me how to feed me. I have been improperly feeding me and then wondering why I felt malnourished in certain areas. Thank you for allowing me to at least be bold enough to come to you and say, I am not fulfilled. Because if Paul can say, I I know how to be content in any area, I want to actually believe that he's realized what works for him and what doesn't. And so I brought that to God and was like, listen, I need you to give me the anointing to be able to realize what do I need here? Because to me, the litmus test of fulfillment is not that it's, uh, it's not temporal. It's not, oh, okay, I just had, I needed to go out that one time. I needed to go on vacation that one time. Like I want to be on vacation mode in my soul at all times. Whatever vacation mode means to you. And for me, it means ease. It means relaxed. It means unbothered. It means, nope, even when my brain wants to try to think about something that could lead to me either worrying or having extra thought to my mind, it's just like, uh uh-uh, I'm on vacation. And what you don't even realize is that that's low-key biblical. That's casting your care. You see what I'm saying? I am so intrigued by just the art of learning yourself enough to know I need to pack myself different. This external environment doesn't work for me anymore. Mm-mm, that part of me, I don't, I just, I need to fine tune that. Not something's wrong with me. How come I'm like this? No, I need to fine tune. All you're realizing is I don't need all this space. I don't need all this heaviness around me. I don't need all these people around me. I don't need the dollar amount. I don't need, like, whatever the goal was, can you truly, like, analyze it enough to realize is that truly the goal is the goal in a square footage is the goal a certain dollar amount and if it is and that's your truth then God be the glory I pray that you get it and I pray that you have the character enough that when you get there you can sustain it but if that's not the goal then yeah like maybe kind of like look a little further into yourself and go "Hmm, what's this I was watching this particular video on YouTube uh, by Supercent. She's the CEO of the Crayon Box. It's like super popular makeup line. And she has literally a mansion. Her her home is huge. So much so that she was like, yo, I don't want no neighbors. So she bought the lot next door. She did that maybe like a year or two before she actually made the video. And the video she was saying was she found out about herself for the new year and this, that, and the third. And what she said was, and she was looking around as she was recording, she was like, I don't need all this. 
she said, I noticed that when you actually get money, you try to do everything that you could never do before because you can do it now. You got money, right? She said, but when I started looking at some of my old videos and was seeing the small kitchen that I had that, you know, could only fit two people sideways because if y'all turn another way, then it was crowded. She was like, and I was happy then. She said, so for the upcoming year, she was going to downsize because she was not happy in what she thought was going to was the goal she was like I got this big dining room table and it's just got all the decoration and it's stupid nobody nobody even sits here and so she started saying you know she has this many cars I think she said she got about oh she has five cars and she said she just paid a nine thousand dollar car insurance bill and two of the cars she didn't even realize that she had let other people loan it and she was like I'm paying for stuff that other people are enjoying and so she came to a realization that what she was packing herself wrong in life. And when you pack yourself inadequately, then you start to suffer. It's the equivalent to knowing that you are going to a tropical island on vacation and all you did was pack sweatpants and sweaters. You packed yourself wrong for that particular environment. Or let's flip it. Somebody said, hey, let's go on a ski trip. And you were like, cool. And you brought bikinis and all kind of other, like, really, like, I'm so, T-shirts and shorts and flip-flops. And it's like, so in both examples, if you go to the locations with the things that you packed inadequately, you'll become sick. Rebuke that in the name of Jesus. You do not get to, unfortunately, pack yourself wrong in life and not, reap the benefits and or the disadvantages of that you will soon realize I should have never chose that relationship and and if you stay in it too long watch what it does to you to your personality to your mannerisms to the way that you look at people to your heart to and you'll be able to say at some point I wasn't like this at one point oh you think not stay at that job too long Mm -hmm. and watch how negative it turns you and it's like bro are you okay like I don't understand yeah keep loaning that money keep letting people who who don't mind using you as a socket keep keep trying to go keep go ahead and keep on keeping on and it will corrode your manufacturer default God never intended for you to feel that way God never intended for you to be that way God never intended for you to be changed from how he originally designed you and so this entire conversation was your challenge because I know through the Holy Spirit, he gave you something that at one point you were like, mm, put my head down, that's for me. And it's okay, put your head up. I, I can slap you without touching you, and that's fine. You know, no marks is, you know, it's the best way to do it. Mm, okay. So listen, I feel like you got what you needed. Mm-hmm. You know what these conversations are, right? Yes, you do. Stop playing. Why are you always like, mm, you know what they are. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person's going to have with you, but who? Your favorite homegirl. Yes? Mm-hmm. Because I know it. Listen, um, this was great. I, 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 I felt it. Like, I, I honestly could feel the, the exhale in you. Real talk, okay? Um, 
but I'm going to let you let me go so I can get something in my stomach because the exhale also came with a growl and that was a little embarrassing, but this is a judgment-free phone call, so I don't feel so bad, so that's fine. Okay, great. Uh, we'll talk later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> later. Oh, wait, before you go, uh, let me go ahead and just remind you again that you need to be looking at creativetomultiply.com. Very much created, the number two, multiply.com. Oh, and you know your girl got a Patreon now, right? Mm-hmm. When you go to the website, you'll see all of that. So very much go, okay? Now I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. Later.